0: creative journey. It's easy to get lost, but don't worry, you'll lift off. Sometimes you just need a creative pep talk.
1: Hey, you're listening to Creative Pep Talk, a weekly podcast companion for your creative journey. I'm Andy J. Pizza. I'm a New York Times bestselling author and illustrator, and I will be your guide on this creative expedition. Let's go. Ooh, today on the show, we have such a treat. We have none other than Melissa Villasenor, who is an incredible artist and also a... Six season member of the cast of Saturday Night Live. I mean, I was just over the moon, through the roof to get a chance to talk to Melissa. Uh, she is a super funny person, a great impression artist, as well as um, an incredible illustrator. I love her illustrations. I feel like they are the definition of what I think illustration is. It, they they really, truly illustrate ideas. There's a point of view. There's so much heart in these very human drawings. And um, she's just been one of my favorite people to follow on Instagram for a long time. I had a blast chatting with her. She's got so much heart and humanity. And um, I just love the soul that she brings to this conversation and to her work. If you stay to the very end, I'm going to come back with a creative call to adventure, a way to put some of the things we talk about in this episode to action. It's called the either or method. It's how to take action, make work with strong points of view, even if you're the type of open creator that doesn't always know what you think or can always see the other side of the argument a lot of artists and creators have that kind of openness and it can make it really difficult to execute creative work and i'm going to come back at the end with an idea on how to take the either or approach to still have strong takes and strong points of view even if you're that type of creator but before we get to that let's dive into my chat with melissa via senor So we got our first Factor Meals, and I am pumped to tell you about them. First off, we absolutely love them. Delicious chef's kiss for the chef-crafted, dietitian approved meals that come straight to your door. I can definitely see how, when deadlines are out of control or you're in a super busy season, how Factor Meals can lighten your load while still giving you options like veggie, vegan, and even low-calorie. Get as much or as little as you need by choosing six to 18 meals per week. Plus, you can even pause or reschedule your deliveries at any time. No prep, no mess meals. Factor Meals are 100% ready to heat and eat, so there's no prepping, cooking, or cleanup. Head to factormeals.com slash talk 50 and use code talk 50 to get 50% off. That's code talk 50 at factormeals.com slash talk 50 to get 50% off. I think there's a lot of people that make pictures, but there's not a clear sense of like, this is visual art and then this is illustration. For me, I have a kind of clear feeling of which is which and yours is so so squarely in illustration and so perfectly captures a story and an idea and I just love it. And I once heard you say that there's kind of a mystical quality to how these drawings come to you. Is that still true?
0: Yes, it's true. It's very true. It, they, the ideas for all the drawings are either they'll wake me up in the middle of the night and I have to write it down. Or sometimes in that, like, um, if I'm meditating, it'll pop That just the, the, the exactly what I draw. It's in, it just pops in my head. And I'm, it's just like, I don't know. That's where I'm like, it's incredible. If it's flowing to me, I must be just like open yeah. to it, you know? Um, but I, that's what I really love about art. And it's so every time, like the world gets too much of, you know, noisy or, or hurtful hurt. I don't know. And if comedy's so exhausting and there's that where I run to like drawing is always so soothing and it just, it's like a blanket. It just makes me feel good always, Yeah, you know, and I'm sure that's for, for you too. And yeah, I want to say compliment your art as well. You're, you're great. I love your pieces. Yes. Are they paintings Are yours? Some Some of them are.
1: So, so my picture books are a lot more, they're probably anywhere from 75% to 90% analog traditional paint gouache that kind of thing and then i'm usually kind of okay. collaging and finishing in in photoshop but the stuff i do for the podcast it starts as drawings but it gets scanned in and kind of digitally colored so they're a lot more digital
0: uh, yeah. okay okay yeah i just started fiddling around with uh i barely got an ipad because i kept hearing and priscilla was like you got to get one it'll help give you different options yeah. for pieces and i was so hesitant for these years. I was like, hell no, no technology art. But then I I think what's cool is because sometimes on the watercolor pieces I'll mess up and the color comes out, I'm like, damn it. And at least you could upload, I could scan it and put it on the Procreate and fix the color like the way I envisioned it. So I think for that purpose, it's, it's great. But I don't think I could start a drawing on the app. I, I need to start yeah. with the pencil. I can't, pen. I can't I can't even I mean I've
1: been working semi digitally uh for probably a decade and I still I just cannot I can't like what I'm drawing if I start it digitally. I have to have the paper for some reason.
0: That's so interesting. Yeah. It's like it's It's not connected. It's not real enough. You're not connected in it. It, Like your heartbeat isn't in the, I don't know.
1: I I totally agree. Yeah. Okay. And it's actually one of the reasons why (laughs) I like over time have, especially for the books that are these like, I want to see one of your picture books. I'd love to have one. I'll send you a couple. Um, I'll
0: send you. Yeah. That'd be awesome. Uh,
1: That, but I think those books that I'm spending just gobs of time on all these spreads, I've moved more and more to traditional stuff just because I cannot stand sitting in front of the computer that long. So I, it, it does, it makes me feel head. ill. So, so, I've, so yeah, so <laughs> I, I've, you know, become more traditional over time really. But yeah, I was curious yeah. about that. I even heard what I really liked as a prompt and I started doing it after I, I don't remember where I heard you say this. It was on a podcast or something. Um, this idea of before you went to sleep, kind of just opening yourself up and, and uh, asking for a drawing to come. Is that something still that you do? Yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah. And even I, I ideas or answers, kind of because it clears the palate, I think. And your brain, because throughout our days, we it, there's so much judgment. And then when you go to sleep, you're like, let me start the next day open and listening to what you have to say whether it's my angels or some higher power or, in a,
1: is it in a dream or is it a feeling
0: I don't know what it is but I do get the answer most of the time it's so beautiful it sometimes I'll wake sometimes it'll wake me up at three or 4 a.m uh, and sometimes I'm wide awake to where I actually have to start it yeah uh, <laughs> so the next day is a mess because I have I sleep and'm I'm, I'm trying to catch up and, and I'm a grump because of it but it's real worth it for yeah, the piece you know hilarious. <laughs> but uh in the morning yeah usually and even that's the same with comedy like bits sometimes i'm trying to figure out the tag or a, a, the punchline for a bit i'm like what do i need to? how do i what is it what is it how do i figure that out or or something's bugging me in my life i want to make that a joke how do i how do i just give me the the answer or the 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 bit the the setup, the yeah. premise, you know? So, and I think it's, it's the same. It's just really cool. It is. It's a, I mean, you I've know, over I time, I've become,
1: I mean, the, my listeners are probably sick of hearing me talk about dreams because I've just become fascinated all over again. I was really into it when I was like a teenager and yeah. then I've come full circle and I'm, I'm back. Uh, and I think that one thing that I mean, you're going to know this better than anybody, having to perform in such a tight box as Saturday Night Live. I feel like as a as a commercial illustrator, all the stuff I do for clients. One piece of the process that you read about when you're reading scientists kind of studying best practices of creativity, like neuroscientists or researchers one of the things that comes up a bunch in that process is something that they call incubation, which is just stepping away from the problem, like, and, and letting your subconscious work on it and not think about it. And I think, man, when I'm doing a lot of commercial stuff, I just can't afford that space. And I, and so the personal stuff, I try to, I try to work on a bunch of things slowly so that
0: I have lots of
1: things I can come back
0: to. That's really smart. That would be good for me because sometimes I rush too much, and it's like it's not gonna. Mm. But then, what do you do if the if there's a job that's like okay, you need it done by this deadline, and you're like, there is no time to just take yeah. a break for me.
1: The thing that I think, uh, I think it kind of ends up working out a little bit like uh, the compare. I've made the comparison before of you know, those jobs end up feeling more like a comedy special. I'm like a comedy nerd. So that's how, that's how I'm usually, I also like the distance of thinking about my practice from a different perspective than my own. Cause it gives me some kind of like perspective, yeah. but I think that the stuff I'm doing for clients is more like a comedy special where it's stuff I've, I'm usually pulling from my personal work, which is things I've, slowly developed or, you know, worked on for a a long time. But I also, I was just thinking about how having to have this weekly show that has such a clear deadline, do you think that that has helped you be less of a perfectionist? If you know, like if you're, if you have just had been in that scenario a bunch of times where you're like, well, maybe it doesn't feel ready, but it's Saturday. So we're doing it. Do you think, has that carried
0: on into your other creative stuff? Uh, yeah. I want it to. <laughs> Cause yeah, that, that, that show made me, you have to show up whether you like it or not, or whether you're feeling happy or not, you have to do the work and, I'm still reminding myself that today where I'm like, how do I also for how do you show up for yourself? That's where I struggle Mm. sometimes because sometimes I'm on my nerves so much and I'm like, I don't want to do this. I don't want (laughs) to be happy on stage for people. I don't feel it within me, but it's like this is the job. How do you sometimes you're not. Ah, that's the hardest part for me is like how do I get that because a lot of my bits too I stand up it's joyful and it and people are coming people buy the tickets because of my smile most of the time because they want (laughs) like how do I get there but I think I have like I'm I'm I do my best I'm I mean obviously I try to have my routine of things so yeah that's no time well i'll tell you
1: i don't have a good answer for that but because i struggle with i you know about two-thirds of the show are solo episodes and they kind of work on that weekly thing and there's plenty of times where i show up and i'm like it's called creative pep talk i'm not trying to bring my worst energy to this but i also have to record (laughs) right now and that's so it's something deeply it's kind of a a good thing to learn, but it's, it feels so much like a betrayal as a creator to yourself, you know, when you have to, and I'll tell you my therapist, anytime I've ever mentioned this, they're like, you just didn't need to do an episode where you're like really grumpy and mad. I'm like, I just, I mean, I like that in theory, but I just don't know if that's, so I don't know. Maybe you need to do a whole season where you're shopping a show around and it's, you, the dark side of Melissa.
0: Oh yeah. No, I, I mean, I think now I have some more jokes where I let it out, you know, and the crowd actually loves seeing yeah. me pissed. Yeah. So <laughs> it's been a fun little, and that's my therapist <laughs> has said the same thing. She's like, I bet it's hilarious. It's hilarious when you're mad. I'm like, Whoa, <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah, <that's funny. laughs> so it's, I mean, it, it Yeah. I I just feel like if you're honest, that is really, it does feel good. I'm sure people connect with it. So it's, it is very good. But as long as there's some conclusion of a joke or finding laughter within it. it, Yeah. That's great. Yeah.
1: I agree. I, so I, uh, one thing that I wanted to throw at you without giving too much context is as I was thinking about your creative work, the thing I kept coming back to was that you feel as an artist and as a person in my mind, as somebody who is having to navigate the tension of being in between a lot of things. And I wanted, mm-hmm. I, I maybe have more specifics to add to that or that we could like explore, but I wanted to see what you made of that before I gave any extra context.
0: Does that, does that resonate or feel right to you? Yeah. Yeah. So you're saying the art you've noticed that I've made, it's, it's about the, the in between. Well,
1: I think that I think of you as a person in terms of, you know, being in between comedy and, and visual art as well as your I've, I've heard you struggle or wrestle with, where you come from with your family, what their perspectives are and showing up owning Mm -hmm. the truth of that, as well as, you know, being the true bringing to them, your true self. And the, I feel like not as I relate to that, but I don't feel that as strongly in um, lots of creators as I do with you, where you just seem like, in between is a very big space for you creatively.
0: Does that make sense? Whoa. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Ooh, that is really cool. You're the first person that has brought that up. Cause I, I need a balance. I need mm-hmm. balance. And I think if I'm like, I am someone, I would want to get obsessed whether it's on a person or a, or a job or, or, something. And then it, it everything gets out of balance and I am upset. I have to get a little bit of everything and stay in that Melissa zone where I absorb, you know, yeah, does this make sense? sense. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's really interesting. But it's one of
1: the things that I find like really fascinating about your journey. And it seems like you're, you're holding that tension often. I thought about it, uh,
0: seeing a clip
1: of you and you're doing a character that's, uh, I think it was on weekend update and you're, and you're making fun of your cousin or your nephew, but then it's like the tension is instantly. Okay. I made a joke. Wait, I feel sorry about this joke. And I thought, (laughs) man, just based on little things I picked up, that seems like it just comes from you, you know, like that you're feeling those things.
0: That, that is actually that part of that character. There was the, uh, Caesar driver character, Colin Joe's yeah. driver. That part was very, very much me because with my friendships in my life, with my family, sometimes I get aggressive and I, I, I like a teen angst feeling. And I say something and immediately regret it. And I'm like, I'm so, so sorry. And they're mad at me for days. And then I can't, go about anything until it's solved and I'm upset with myself. And so that is, that is so interesting. That is really very much yeah. from me, that part of that character. But I, cause I, 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 I'm a people pleaser person. I want everyone to get along. I want to people around me to feel happy. And, um, and when I hurt someone, it's the worst for me. I can't, I'm so upset and I want it solved right away. Um, and that's something I'm always trying to tell myself every day, like take a breath if I'm agitated before responding to, re- to anything. Cause then I could really ruin mm. someone's day. That is one of my biggest, biggest <laughs> Melissa flaws. Well, I think,
1: I mean, it, to me it's something that makes you interesting as a creator. There's a, there's a, humanity in that like tension. Like I think a lot of people, a lot of creators, the kind of, you know, archetypal energy that they're portraying is much more like firmly within the camp of hero or mentor or trickster or whatever it is. And there's a, there's just a, it's an intriguing thing to watch someone try or just have a different voice that feels the that their art needs to hold the tension and it just feels I don't it feels great but I wondered if you do you feel is there a tension between being in comedy and being an artist I I felt it was interesting to hear I think a lot of creators can relate to this side of my practice. Maybe it's because it's commercial or maybe it's just a different art form that's much more challenging to me. And then this one just feels like a release. Like what, do you struggle with being multiple things or how do you see them relating?
0: I mean, I, I'm i grateful I can release in different areas. Thank goodness. Cause I, I think if it was all comedy, I think that's too, sometimes I, I, I'll get, I'll do tons of standup shows, and then I get exhausted or upset because it's it's draining. I do I smile a lot Mm. on stage. I do a lot of voices, so I end up being exhausted. And sometimes there is, even with my comedy being for the most part pretty, you know, nice, joyful comedy. There's still a mean underlining energy with stand-up and just always oh, there's something cruel in it too because we were all kind of yeah. talking shit about things in our lives and I think <laughs> so sometimes I I get up I think it's too much and I and I feel like when I put it to the side take a break from stand-up I go to art because it it softens me I feel maybe more feminine too I think with stand-up there is a there's just a there's a, I mean, it's, it's a brave thing yeah, to be it's a doing. Combative it's thing. really tough. Yeah. Yeah. Because I, I mean, it's, and that's where I feel like sometimes I'm very masculine on stage, even if no one sees it, it's, it's just, yeah. I'm alone up there, you know? And if I'm bombing, it is so, it, but, but I think with art, I love that I can go towards that and release emotion things, a uh, joyful laughter with, where it's not, I don't, there's no noise. I don't, there's no voice. There's no me smiling. It's, it's just in the paper. And I, I'm, I'm grateful. I have mm. both. Um, Man, I, I, yeah. And sometimes, you know, I, I think of uh, down the road I'm like, I, I know I shouldn't think too far ahead, but I'm like, if art just takes over, think that sounds <laughs> <Yeah>. great. <laughs> Cause uh, being in airports and in hotels alone every other week, it's, it, it it's draining. I'm grateful I get this is my job. Thank goodness. But if I'm a old, old lady or something, I don't know about that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but no, I mean, it I I I think it it balances each other out. I'm really glad I found Oh, yeah.
1: I was struck I was struck by that uh, as you as you were saying that I thought yeah. I think um it reminded me of how you know before you've been on the planet for a while when you're a teenager and you think, I'm super tired, I love to sleep, I just wanna sleep 15 hours, and then you wake up feeling worse. Like eventually you learn like, it. I need to rest, and I need to expend that energy. And I think as, as a creator for me, sometimes I can fall into a trap of thinking that all creativity needs to be filling me up rather than, okay, this pocket is where I fill up. This pocket is where I empty out. Like this is a, di- this medium is something where it's much more of a, you know, and that's what it sounds like you've found with that.
0: Yeah. The balance of those two things. Yeah. That's so good. You're very smart.
1: <laughs> I'm true. just saying what you said, basically.
0: Hey, is your last name actually Pizza.
1: No, it's not. It's just, uh, the way that okay. happen. First of all, i I do have uh, a, uh, I love pizza. I used to have
0: I do too. Kind
1: of a bad relationship to it because I was too obsessed with it. I that was, <laughs> um, you know, that was kind of years best. ago. It is the best. It's when just they put a lot comfort. of good olive oil. Ooh. Damn. Oh man, yeah, a great chewy crust. But I also won't discriminate. I pretty much like all pizza um, for different, for their own special, you know, thing. But yeah, yeah. I ended up having that name on accident because <laughs> uh, I had, I just made, my website used to be really long because I'm Andy Miller. And so it was Andy-J-Miller.com and it was just a mouthful. And then they released those .dot .pizza uh, suffixes that you could get instead of .com. And I was like, oh, I'll just, I'll make it Andy J. Pizza, and that'll be really easy to remember <laughs> and say. And then a bunch of people just thought that was my name, and I was like, "Whatever, I'm not attached to." And so, no, I think past, it's <laughs> for a it while. That's a big,
0: yeah, that's it. Really, is smart. It's good. And then I think Andy and Pizza really connect well together because Andy's a joyful name, and my brother's Andrew, and we call him Andy. Yeah, it's just. Dandy
1: Andy. Yeah, I lo- I like being it's, Andy, and I. It's a, and, and I. have yeah. d- never been Andrew, even though that's my real name. It's not. I can't associate with that energy. Yeah, it's that like name.
0: Andy's real fun. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, yeah, I just want to bring that up. I had yeah. that question.
1: Yeah. <laughs> it's a question I get from time to time. <laughs> I had. I just interviewed a guy who is a an a um, an, an actual Italian illustrator who eats. More pizza than I do. He eats so much pizza, I can't even believe it. And uh I had to ask him, like, are you angry at me for taking this pizza name? And he was like, No, it suits you. It's good. Um he's like, the only good. thing I'm angry about is that I didn't think of it first. Um so so, so yeah. But yeah, I, I, I was thinking a lot about, um, this, whether you felt, do you feel like any of the material crosses over or are they very distinct camps that don't interact?
0: Oh, I think that crosses over. Okay. Uh, there's funny piece. There's a lot of funny pieces that like I did a Taco Bell one recently. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you saw that. I do but think I saw it. Yeah. I it was not what it said, but yeah. I, I, I shared it on stage once. It was, true, it was a true story of how I really bombed one night so bad at the Laugh Factory where it was, it really hurt my soul. Yeah. And it, these happened once in a blue moon and yeah. I was crying in my car and I drove to Taco Bell and I felt a lot better eating my burritos <laughs> and then I went to bed. And I, I didn't brush my teeth. I just went. I was like, "Forget nice. it." Yeah. And <laughs> and so, my friend uh, Mark Sipko, who's a really goofy guy, he said, "Draw that and have the little Chihuahua from Taco Bell put his little paw on your shoulder saying, Ya yeah, no, ya no llores, Melissa. No, don't cry anymore.'" And so <laughs> that that was a drawing. People really liked that one. I thought that was fun, and that felt good to to visualize it too. So. Um, yeah, I like that when some are really funny. And I think lately they've been pretty joyful and and sweet, nothing too heavy or emo. I know when, you know, I'm going through some breakup or, you know, attachment to someone that doesn't like me, then that's when it gets pretty dark in there, you know, some pieces, but I prefer this or kind of it's not so painful, you know. Yeah. And, and also, people want to buy pieces that are inspiring, hopeful, and silly to put up in their house. They don't oh, want right. something, oh, uh, mopey, sad. I You don't want to wake up in your, and see that. <laughs> so, I mean, the prints I've been making have been, you know, just just funny. I, I think hopeful ones. Hopeful and relate, relatable because I, I don't like something that's too corny. And then people, you're like, okay, shut up. <laughs> I like when there's something kind of, you're trying to do your best.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I feel like they all, they all have a little Try. bit of either. Probably
0: like a silver Silverstein effect where it's, yeah, you know, he's, I mean, he's one of my favorites. So. Me
1: too. And there's some, you know, there's yes. a little darkness or a little self-deprecation or yeah. some bit of reality that's in there. Yeah. That's kind of, Yeah. Um, like the you're the one where you did uh, like a grocery store bag hitting that person's face, like oh yeah. They're always like there's there's a lot of humor and like realness mixed in with the hope, which is my taste completely. Yeah,
0: yeah. You like what? Do you like Montero? Uh, Montero Benny. I I don't know. I don't know
1: if I know their
0: work. He, he, he has some really goofy stuff. I mean, it's dark, but there's a lot of funny. Ah, And it he was the one familiar. that, yeah, he was, I asked him, I said, well, what's this watercolor you're using? Because I want it. Yeah. He told me, he said, <laughs> I can't tell a soul. And I was like, all right. So that's why my, there's certain colors in my watercolor that's real bright. And it's, it's the one I copied him. It's top secret. It. It's top secret.
1: Uh, well, okay, I won't ask you to divulge um, that, <laughs> that secret info, but um, yeah, I, yeah, I just, I guess I I imagine that uh, you're, I, I don't know, I'm really curious about, there aren't a lot of people that have walked the path that you're walking as a creator, and so I keep, I guess I'm just deeply curious at how... How that feels, and what your relationship to that is, and how these practices relate, because I know a lot of I know myself, like I my work is I do illustration, but I also do a lot of public speaking and storytelling. and Ooh. they are deeply connected um, but th- but they're also different. And I know that from my experience and other people's experience, There's also a lot of, there's so much mental game to making creative work, like so much tricking yourself, figuring out how am I going to get to a place where I can do the work or do some of my best work. Like there's, it's, that's a lot of what the show is about is just trying to get past yourself um, at that kind of thing. And I just imagine when I put myself in your shoes or try to, I just think about, um,- yeah, just the challenges of having these very distinct things, and yeah what what kind of challenges come with that because I know a lot of listeners too also feel almost torn apart when they have multiple sides, or what should they focus on, or what do they care yeah. about, or, you know whatever Have you done a lot of the stuff where you're you said you've showed? Uh, a crowd, your drawings. Have you tried to mix them very much?
0: No. I, I mean, a long time ago I had a show, but I haven't done something where I have the PowerPoint, like a, that what's screen, the thing on the yeah. back, the screen yeah, in the back yeah. with drawings and then doing bits. I, I haven't meshed the two. Maybe at some point I feel like that could be a fun show. Yeah. But,
1: well, it's so mm-hmm. unique too. that, And I, I've had a, uh, it's been challenging for me because a lot of people will tell me the same thing. And although a lot of talks I do use slides or something, it wasn't until just recently I did a thing in uh, LA with Patreon where they were much more involved and it was a much shorter thing. It's like, I'm telling a story I'm making all the art is not like educational. It's just, it's me illustrating what I'm talking about as a, as a cohesive piece And they were much more involved in like the, like, I didn't have a clicker. I wasn't, it wasn't like a presentation. It was a piece of art that was both things. And it was really satisfying in a way that, and I just avoided it for a long time because I think anytime you're doing something that doesn't have a standard, like there's not a, that's not a thing like telling stories and and, and, and showing pictures at the same time or, uh, or, you know, doing comedy and showing pictures at the same time. So anytime you're navigating yeah. into a space like that, it's uncomfortable.
0: Yeah. And it's new. And then I also worry about people's focus. Yeah. If they're listening to the jokes or they watching the screen and not pay, I feel like people now, I'm like, you gotta just one little thing at a time. Yeah. <laughs> I mean yeah it would require some some help for sure if if someone if I did the show like that. Um but I have been incorporating comedy songs which is you know connects with stand up anyway but um I I going back to what you're saying about being overwhelmed when you doing when you like to do so many things. Yeah. I I really feel that cuz sometimes I I want to I'm ambitious I want to do everything and then I do nothing because I get so overwhelmed by all of it. I'm like, what do I, I can't do this. (laughs) And then I just go to sleep. I don't want to deal with it because I tried, I, you know, piled on too much, but yeah, I feel like it's, it's, I feel like I learned it early on too, even before getting SNL was have a balance of different things you enjoy in life, because if it's just one thing, yeah, because I, I remember being so determined, like, with stand-up and comedy and, and SNL, and, like, act, I was like, I have to. It's It was – and and then I I would just get sad because it was too much. Mm. It was, like, I had to make sure you, you have to balance everything.
1: Well, yeah, and then all the pressure is on that one thing, whereas – Yeah, and then it's yeah. not fun anymore. Yeah. Uh. I also imagine that, you know, mixing – I just had the thought of, you know, when it comes to – trying to navigate tricking yourself into making stuff. Um Navigate. I just thought about if you started integrating pictures into your work, into your standup, it occurred to me that, oh yeah, but there's also something I'm not as familiar with. It kind of reminds me of the design world. I used to be in the design world more. Comedy, there's a lot of, unspoken or spoken rules about what's acceptable, what's okay. You know, I, I guess I just feel like I hear a lot of comedians constantly talking shit about other comedians based on, well, you can't do that or that's not comedy or this, you know, there seems like there's a lot of that. Does that kind of stuff get in your head or do you, Cause I imagine that that doesn't feel like a very conducive space for creativity. when you constantly
0: have, I, I, yeah, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I think for me, I, I've always kind of, I'm proud to say it, I think I've always gone to the beat of my own drum yeah. because my comedy isn't like, I, I sometimes see if I'm on a lineup with a bunch of comics, my comedy is going to be the ones that that's going to be for the, the, sweetie nerdy types not the party people like my bits aren't that's not my life so sometimes or or fast punchlines, like a minor act outs with voices it's very personal so so i'm not everyone's you know uh, it's a it's a tricky i'm i'm really i don't know i was just thinking about this i'm I'm really grateful when i do shows they put me on at the right time like you're not don't put me on after someone that's super edgy or vulgar or dirty because it's going to be really tough for the crowd to come to some, or maybe not. I don't know. But I, I, I think, uh, I think I'd never, I just like to make sure I, my writing and, and that's something I was working on is I thankfully I have good friends that help me figure out the punchlines mm. with bits. Cause I could see the act out. I could see the setup and premise, but it's the joke writing. And that's never, and that's okay. It's never been my strength, but um, I think my point of view is very funny and, and I don't know. I just think there has to, there should be some punchlines. Do you know? Yeah. I think there's, I don't know.
1: I, I, I definitely relate to that. You know, I think it kind of makes me feel that there's this, comedy acting versus comedy like stand up there's definitely different it's a different skill set or a, a nature and also but i i think there's a lot of value like we were talking about before i i'm thinking personally through the lens of um you know i do picture books where i'm just drawing and then i do ones where i'm writing and drawing And even if Mm -hmm. writing, which I would associate more with like the punchline side of what you're talking about, even though that's a more of a challenge to work in words, um, there's something valuable about like pushing myself in that way. Whereas like, you know, the you saying you've seen these scenarios and the act out and that kind of thing. Um, yeah, Yeah. that, that kind of is more like pictures to me. It has an intuitive quality rather than like a, a cleverness or something.
0: And I think when I visually see the bit or, or see myself or see the thing, the crowd sees it too. Yeah. It's so, that's really cool. And sometimes I don't even know why a bit works. It just came out funny and then it, it just sticks. Sometimes I don't even know. Like there's a bit I have about when I practice Duolingo I think my ancestors are in heaven looking down on me, uh, upset because sometimes I practice it on the toilet. And so I go, Mi perrita es muy inteligente. And then I go, Tuk, Tuk. And I tell the crowd, That's my poop. I poop pebbles. I'm dehydrated, guys. Necesito agua. And I don't know. It made me laugh. And then I say, I practice in bed before I go to sleep with my retainers on. Mi perrita es muy inteligente. <laughs> don't worry. I have a water bed.
1: <laughs>
0: that's a pretty good, I mean, that's a pretty but
1: clear punchline.
0: I just, yeah, yeah but I do, I just like the little, the sound of the little, tuk, tuk, you know, because I really heard it and it made me <laughs> laugh. And it, I think it's sometimes there's no, I don't know. It's, it's, that's what I think. What's it's cool. If it, if, if it made me laugh in the moment, it, it, that's and it's makes still makes me laugh on stage. Most of the time, it will work. Yeah, you yeah. know, if I really feel yeah. it, and it's it's all energy based.
1: It's just your own. It's, just- it's tuning into your own taste as you're making it. You
0: know what <laughs> I mean, like, yeah. yeah, yeah.
1: I think that's definitely definitely true. And uh, and yeah, I, th- I don't know. I I feel like a lot of creators I meet, it's like you have a nature to either want to play to the intuitive side like you're describing, or you want to play to the clever side. And I think it's good to try both. And, and I don't, I don't know. That's, sure. that's kind of how I, yeah. I feel. Another thing I thought about where I was thinking about these distinct areas of your work and how they might relate, thought about how, uh, another piece that is its own thing is your impressions. And thought about how it's kind of, Impressions are not unlike drawing in a way where you're, you're really replicating something. And then when it really gets good is when you kind of twist it. Cause it's not just, you know, a drawing. It's not just like, Oh, you, you replicated that still life perfectly. Right. You have to also add something or right. comment on it. And I think the same feels like with, it's impressive when somebody can do an impression really accurately, For sure. but where yeah. it gets really good. Is what I think you're great at is adding a perspective or something. I also I just had to say I loved your uh, Ash Ketchum recently. (laughs) I (laughs) thought that was a.
0: It's Ash Pikachu. No, I. It's so uh, no, and and that was one thing I. Because when I start, I started stand up right after high school. I started signing up for open mics and stuff, and. I remember sharing, I, you know, that was the first thing was all my impressions. And a lot of the times there were no punchlines. I definitely didn't have any point of view yet as Melissa. So it was like, so this is so-and-so in scenarios. And definitely gets laughs, but I think there was a part of me, I was like, I'm not getting the respect for being yeah. funny. I was so stubborn, and I still am, of like, make sure there's a punchline in these bits or... Or at least I have. I like connecting it, and that that's something right now. I've been writing a lot about just all the celebrities I worked mm-hmm. with at SNL and the people I impersonated and doing their voice in front of them. And I I, I shared the honest truth of how some of them reacted. <laughs> yeah. And um, and like that's exact. And and that's it's very cool because. <laughs> I don't have to come up with a scenario. They they were talking to me. The more real, the better. Because then I I don't feel like I'm so distant. There has to be some. Some personal take. Something for me to. Some personal. Yeah, something for me to hold on to. Yeah, I've been. I have like a few bits. I have like Owen Wilson. How he my fans were like, what the hell? Owen hosted and Melissa does a great Owen and they didn't do it together. And it's like, you guys, I asked him. He was just sensitive. He didn't want to. He was like, you know, I feel like it's been done. People are tired. You know, they do all the wow videos. They're tired. They're really tired of it. You know, I was like, I'm not yeah, tired. I need he's projecting this. There. He's like, I'm tired. I'm tired of hearing me. Yeah. yeah, he's probably tired. No, I bet. I get... Hey, I'm, I'm with him. I get, after I do five shows, headlining a club for a weekend, m- usually Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, I don't speak at all. Cause I'm so yeah. sick of hearing myself. It's yeah, just too I much. I,
1: I'm not, t- I loved that impression. Nice. I feel like there's something about the Owen Wilson impression that I don't tire of.
0: I even sound like him. <laughs> like I, a, there's it. something about it. That's <laughs> just,
1: I, every time I hear it, I love it.
0: I know. I think, I think it's cause it's, man, it's so unique. Like I remember when he first, uh, you know, was a meet the parents. I was like, Whoa, who's this ca- guy? I've never heard anyone sound like this. He's yeah. really special. And I think, and there, and you just feel good when you, when he's speaking, he's so soothing. It's a soothing soul. And that's how I feel with Steve Buscemi. I'm like, it's the same. They're not annoying. They're just like, beautiful yeah. souls you just want more of know. them you know so yeah i don't ever get sick of that one
1: so i the i want to be i'll be sensitive with your time but i wanted to uh i really appreciate you taking the time to do this it was awesome to get to talk
0: to <laughs> this you. was great thanks for having me andy yeah I've
1: to, to you for a long time
0: yeah this was nice thanks for having me and um all the best on your creative journey and uh hope to I want to see one of your books, and and we should exchange art. I would love that. Yeah,
1: absolutely. I'll send you a message with some details and I'll send you some stuff. Sweet. Um, well, thanks again. And, Thank you. Uh, hope get to cross paths uh, another time.
0: Yeah, for sure. Thanks, Andy. All right, I'm
1: back with a creative call to adventure—a way to put the ideas from this episode that inspired me into action. This is the either or method and it's for you if you are somebody who just doesn't know how to put strong points of view and takes into your work because you're just not sure about anything. I think a lot of creators fall into this camp and I actually think that's a super powerful place to be. I'm going to explain why. So I loved... The character that Melissa played on weekend update, where she is this uncle who is making fun of her nephew and, and and then instantly feels sorry and then explains that it's just a joke, right? Just very two completely different takes and energies. And I think it really, manifests a way that lots of creators feel. We have these very competing feelings. And rather than feel like that's a problem or a mistake or we don't know what we think or we don't know who we are, I personally believe that that is a much more nuanced and mature adult way of moving through life sometimes. Even when you have a strong opinion, being aware of the other side of the argument or being empathetic to it can be a really powerful thing. And it's why I think when we tell stories to kids, the villain and the guide character are so clear. Like this villain is saying, you should set the world on fire. And the guide character's like, maybe you should take care of the environment. And it's just very obvious which one's right and which one is wrong. But as you get older, the more grown up the story gets, you get things like a, a, a movie I've been talking about a lot on here, Banshees of Inishiran, because it it's been one of my favorite movies, and I heard the filmmakers say that they were trying to make these two characters' point of view as close to um, being equal and balanced as possible to where it's very difficult to know who's right and who's wrong and it reminds me of a book that i haven't read but i've i've uh, consumed a lot about which is the book either or by kierkegaard a very famous soren kierkegaard is a famous philosopher i tend to mostly consume commentary about philosophy cuz i'm just not quite there to be consuming it raw but this book is really fascinating it's really famous for being written under two different pen names. Uh, Kierkegaard, the first, he took the first half of the book and had one stance as one character, and then the second half of the book as a different character arguing the exact opposite point. And I think it is not unlike that Banshees movie where there's these two compelling. Difficult to parse out points of view. And it also reminds me of this character that Melissa played. And so my prompt to you is to take something that you're wrestling with. Linda Berry talks about this, the comic artist. She says, we often think we have to have a take or a statement to write a comic, but a more grown-up thing to do is, is to wrestle with the question. And Maggie Smith also talks about that in her memoir. She talks about how every book is about an unanswerable question and some really rich, interesting stuff can happen from that. So what if you just take a question that's been boggling your mind could be like, is life good? Is it not good? You know, there's so much evidence to both sides there and and we definitely want to root for one more than the other, but could you take that? And instead of saying life is good or life is bad, could you say, is life good? And could you argue from multiple points of view? It might get really juicy and re- really interesting. And um, that's a take. Having, having a opinion on what's a really good question worth wrestling with, that's a take. And I hope this either-or approach inspires some creative work. I could see you writing a song or writing a blog post or writing a comic about a really juicy question that you don't have an answer to. And it'd be really interesting. And it's also inviting the, the audience into the equation and respecting them as somebody who can join in on the conversation rather than to speak down and kind of pander and tell them what to do. I, I, look, I love, I love a strong opinion as much as the next person. I like to put that in podcasts and in my work too. But I think asking questions can be just as interesting and valuable as a creator. I think. Last thing, think that PD uh, PD USA on TikTok. He's a comedian on TikTok, but he makes really great music. I think he is excellent at asking questions in his lyrics. Um, there's a question he wrote about how you know supporting the troops. Like, can we support the person without the institution or the war? Um, like, can we? Can, can we support these people? And he, and he's like, um, for a lot of young people, it's either the, the military or, uh, drugs, heroin, and at least one pays for college, he says. And, uh, and I think that it's really just a powerful wrestling without saying like, this is like, without telling you to support the troops. It's just a a question that opens up a bunch of different topics and feelings and and ideas. And I think he's really good at writing adult lyrics that don't have these definitive answers wrapped up in a bow. And uh, it really gets at this either or a way of making creative work. Creative Pep Talk is your weekly podcast companion for your creative journey. I'm your host, Andy J. Pizza. I'm a New York Times bestselling picture book maker and illustrator for clients like Apple and Xbox. I pep talk teams at creative hubs like Warby Parker and Sesame Street, and I make this podcast because as someone with ADHD, it takes a whole lot of creativity just to get out of bed in the morning, let alone attempting to try to create a thriving creative practice. This show is just me sharing the things that seem to be helping me in case it helps anybody else. Shout out to Yoni Wolf and the band Y for our theme music and soundtrack. Huge thanks to Connor Jones of pinning beautiful for sound design and editing the show. Massive thanks to Katie Chandler, Ryan Appleton and Sophie Miller for podcast assistance of all kinds. And thanks to you for listening until we speak again. Stay pepped up.